Previously on Max Hunter. Max, a cybernetic bounty hunter, is tracking his latest target when he crosses paths with a world-renowned assassin, Vincent Snow. Snow, a product of violence. Max, a victim of circumstance. What happens when the hunter becomes the hunted? Max Hunter Snowfall Part 2. Max Hunter Issue 2 delves deeper into the origins of the assassin and the bounty hunter. The battle between these two adversaries escalates to the breaking point when Snow crosses the line and makes it personal. Join this Kickstarter running until December 16th as this rivalry unfolds pitting Bounty Hunter against Assassin. Max Hunter 2 by Darkside Global. Only on Kickstarter. You're listening to the Candare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today is Brian John Mitchell of Silver Comics. Thanks for being with us, Brian. Thank you, sir. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, what well, looks like we have some information on Star Wars uh, Episode Seven as far as plot details. Uh, we'll get into that. Howard the Duck making a comeback in the comic world. And then we're uh, going to... Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, who didn't see that coming? Then we're going to catch up with Brian and uh, talk about his comics, the sizes of matchbooks. These are so freaking cool. Yeah. Can't wait to uh, talk to you a little bit more about that, but we'll get into that a little bit later. First, let's get to recaps. Recaps! Jeff, you have something on uh, the new Batman game coming out, is that right? Uh, yes. They will be having a trailer come out, actually, in December 1st. A follow-up to uh, what's, what's to come on the uh, game. So is this going to like show more gameplay, or what's this? From what I understand, they um, they want to show you more gameplay, but more of what the story is going to be. I'm anxious. They didn't give up too much in the one trailer that was out already. No, it was like, yeah. hey, I can jump out of a Batmobile. Yeah, <laughs> you can ride back and forth, and then, I mean, they, they didn't really. I mean, it was some gameplay, so you actually got to see what was going on. It seems like the same right. gameplay that it was, and well, just more graphics, anyways. But mm-hmm. it's only going to be on the PS4, Xbox One, and computers. The only consoles that matter. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Are you a fan of the Arkham games, Brian? uh, Sega Genesis is my most up-to-date system. Oh, wow. Not a bad system to be be playing still. That was a fun little experience right there. I used to be all Sega. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Even Nintendo. The Master System. I didn't have a uh, Sega until years later. Or the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sega had the Master System. Yeah, Sega had the Master. Yeah, Sega's Master. I found that uh, if I if I have the video games, then I don't get other work done. You know, my own work <laughs> yep. done. So, yeah, it's better not to have them available. I can understand that. I should probably take that advice, but uh, it's just too tempting. There's too many good games out there. I can't oh, stop yeah. playing Grand Theft Auto Five. No matter what I do, it's been like over a year now, right? And I still, that's the only game I ever play. Parents are getting mad at that game now. Are they? Yep, remember how I was telling you that with the next-gen ones that they're coming out, you can do the first-person mode and oh, do yeah. the sex? 
the sex. <laughs> I, I knew that. Do the sex. Yeah. <laughs> I guess parents are getting pretty much in an uproar about that. Johnny, are you watching them do the sex? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a release date on that uh, trailer? Or? Um, if I wasn't mistaken, I believe it was June 2nd. For the trailer to come out? Uh, for the game release. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. I thought you said something like uh, June or July, and I thought that was uh, kind of early. Those games usually come out in the fall. Yeah, that, that's what was kind of shocking, but they did the release date on the uh, the last the newest trailer that they have out right now is just as June 2nd, 2016. Pre-order now, you get Harley Quinn to play as. Yeah, yeah, they always do that every time Wait, they put one of those games 2016, out. not 2015? Oh, 2015. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, there's about to be an open chair here at Cambridge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait to play it. Finally, we get all of Gotham to explore. I still got to beat uh, Origins. I haven't Ooh. gotten that far into it. Yeah, I forgot all about that, actually. I beat the game. I'm just going around doing all the little Riddler like pissant mission kind of things, you know? Or in the Batman 1 million suit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stupid suit. Yeah, it's kind of retarded. I've I've changed in a few of outfits, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, Breaking Bad fans. Some good news coming up on February 8th, following the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead. Immediately after will be the premiere of Better Call Saul. I cannot freaking wait to watch this. Luckily, I've watched stuff of Breaking Bad. I know who Saul is, so I... You have enough time to finish Breaking oh, yeah, Bad before it starts, <laughs> then you can truly enjoy it. Did yeah. you watch Breaking Bad, Joe? No. That's good. Oh, man. What about I, you, Brian? I know, right? Yeah, I, I, I loved that show. Um, I was a little let down by the fifth season. I felt like, like it should have ended at the fourth season instead of the fifth season, but, you know, personal, right. personal preferences. I'm trying not to prejudge Better Call Saul and you know, right. it's got a lot to live up to, you know. For sure. And they're trying to capture lightning in a bottle again, I think. And it's not going to happen. Nothing is going to be better than Breaking Bad was. That was probably the best show I've ever watched on TV. Better Call Saul takes place before, during, and after? I don't remember. I mean, that... that I'm, go I ahead. Think they, I think that they were saying it, would, it was all going to be before. But then I think it, what's going to happen is if it's successful, then... That that answer will change, right? Hmm. Sure. If it is successful, I'm sure they'll make Brian Cranston pop in here and there or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I won't argue. I'd be happy to see him. I think yeah. I could watch him. He was he was a good part of the show. He was fun to watch. Saul always made me laugh. He yeah. was always funnier in hell. So why not give the guy his own show? Good me dirty too. lawyer. <clears throat> But, yeah, that's uh, going to premiere on February 8th. And then uh, the very next night, Monday night, February 9th, the sh- uh, episode two will premiere. And then that will be the show's final spot on Monday nights. That's on what, AMC? AMC, yep. So I can't wait. Set your DVRs, February 8th. Isn't that American movie classics? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Walking Dead channel. <laughs> Like, anything you watch on AMC, every commercial break is just packed full of Walking Dead. Every single commercial break. It's so fucking annoying. Nope, that money cow. No kidding. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it! All right, with that, let's move right into the rumor mill. The rumors! Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Yeah. Rumors! Jack, something on a Highlander reboot? 
they I guess they were going to try back in 2009 I think it was but the director decided to go do Fast and Furious Fast and Furious <laughs> Furious Furious <laughs> and uh, now they're they're talking about doing it again and the only thing about it that I found was who they're going to get to play as McLeod's mentor the one Sean Connery played as okay Tom Cruise Ugh. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have to get a soapbox for him to stand on in each scene. <laughs> Who's he training, Matt Damon? I don't know. Oh, we let's not go there again. <laughs> <laughs> no MattDamon.com anymore. I'm not sure what to think about that. What about you, Brian? Yeah, um, I really <laughs> loved the first movie when it came out and was so let down by everything else associated with it, basically. Sure. You know, I think that's a lot aliens. of... Yeah, exactly. When they turned him into aliens, it was kind of a little bit... Yeah. Uh, okay. Confession here. I've never seen Highlander. What? Yeah, that's a common reaction. <laughs> Not never even the TV it. show? Never. No, nothing. I have known nothing about Highlander. I couldn't get into the TV show because... Oh, the TV show like the wasn't actor. good, but it was always on. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember yeah. the opening theme all the time. It just pops in your head. Oh, yeah, the Queen song. Yeah. Yep. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. It was a cool. Don't watch the second one. Just stay yeah, in just, the first one. Just yeah, watch the first one, one and let it go. Okay. Will do. All right. <laughs> Moving along. You can only oh, watch one. There's one more rumor to go around. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Tom Cruise. Apparently, Tom Cruise was offered the role of Iron Man. What? No. Let's <laughs> give you that one. No. Previously or for a next movie? No, no. The, the original. Oh, God. He was originally, apparently, but he turned that one down. Thank God. He's probably at home like, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All the other Avengers looking down to him. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, that was it. <laughs> okay. Moving into Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. We have a rumored plot here. So if you uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, then tune out now. I knew you wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> All right. So I found this on uh, cinemablend.com, and they pulled their uh, resources from Star Wars News 7, which I guess is another website. But uh, one of our childhood heroes that are you know coming back for episode 7 is going to be killed off yes not the Ewoks (laughs) R2 Jawa you you can't kill R2 (laughs) um no it was it was believed that it was going to be Luke but it is now rumored to be Han Solo who gets killed off and not only does he get killed off he gets killed off by Luke Skywalker Luke was chasing him in the Millennium Falcon. And he tripped. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't hold it. (laughs) You guys found that really humorous. And then Harrison was in the the hospital for six months because he broke his leg. (laughs) Well, I know. I hate to disappoint you, but no, that's not what happens. Damn it. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But supposedly, what the what the rumor is is that Adam Driver, who has uh, been uh, slated to be in the movie, is playing the child, the son of Luke and Leia, who within the Force has awoken, and uh, he is, I guess, becoming what? a Sith or something. What? What's the matter? Did you just say? Yeah, you said it Luke? wrong. What? That's... What's the matter? 
You said son of Luke and Leia instead of Han and Ooh. Leia. Oh, wow. Their inbred child <laughs> has the force. A six-toed and six-fingered uh, Sith Lord. Jedi. about that. <laughs> That's why they were fighting. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Han and Leia's son is going to be portrayed by Adam Driver, who is persuaded by the dark side, at which point Luke has to take him out, and uh, Han... Tries to stop him, but fails, and his within his dying breath makes loose. Luke promised that he will not kill his son. Opinions? Mm. I think it sounds all right. Now, is this a rumor, or is this actual fact? This is a rumor. Because it sounds like maybe if Han dies by Luke, that that's what would persuade their son into the dark side. Well, that's exactly what this article says further down. They said that's what fuels his... Uh, Hatred and uh, that will make him the primary villain for the second and third installments to the the Disney editions. But he was already slipping into the dark side, is what the issue is. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, Jeffrey. I can't say one. I need to know. <laughs> I think it'll be good. I, don't I think know if it, I can commit. <laughs> if this is true, I think it would work out well because I mean, wouldn't that mean we'd have Luke Skywalker in the, the next, next couple? Two, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brian? What do you? What's your take so, on this? Well, you know, Harrison Ford wanted to die at the in Empire Strikes Back. So, Is that right? Yeah, his because Indiana Jones had already started, and he oh. didn't want to need to commit for Return of the Jedi. And you know so, what? I think something very similar happened with this deal. Like he wanted to be killed off in this movie because he's going to do at least one more Indiana Jones. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> How? The same yeah, way he's gonna walk around one. going, "I'm a very old man." <laughs> <laughs> oh, get old Shia LaBeouf back! Oh uh, god, yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I have on that. So, whether or not it's true or not, we'll see. But I, we're supposed to see a trailer coming this weekend. Is that right? Is that yeah. what you said? Thanksgiving yes, this Friday or yeah. Thursday? I, yeah, Thursday or Friday. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's going to be interesting to see if the Star Wars movies end up dark or not. You know, because like the things that have been leaked out make it sound like it'll be a little darker than you would have anticipated. I really hope so. I think it'll be good. Well, the third one was pretty dark, and then yeah, New Hope yeah. through Return of the Jedi was well. Empire was dark, dark yeah. for the time period, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, those those first three that they made, Episode One, Two, and Three. One and two are so hard to get through nowadays. I, oh. Phantom Menace is so fucking boring, and yeah. uh, Attack of the Clones is, eh, it's all right. I mean, you're just laying story out. But Revenge of the Sith was good. I enjoyed that one. Well, Padme was like six years older than Anakin. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the next the next movie, he's taller than her, and they're the same age, pretty much. What's a hell of a growth spurt? <laughs> no, they're from just... different planets or something, so... <laughs> It's the gravity's different, so... Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Actually, it's Friday. You're right. It's Friday. For select theaters, we'll see that trailer. You won't be able to see it online, though, unless one actually... Oh, that shit will be online yeah, one well, way or another. Yeah. Just keep your eyes out. If it's on there, it'll disappear as quick as it came, but you should be able... I'm sure someone will film it and put it up there. And then Disney will subpoena Google for try to find who leaks the stuff out again. The trailer walls. That's all I have on that. Anything else, guys? Mm-mm. That'll do it for the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. The rumors. All right. And with that, let's move right into talking some comics. Who wants to go first this week? I do. You do? Yeah, I got nothing. 
Well, thanks for your contribution, Jeff. Who wants to go second? <laughs> I'll let Jeff help me on this one because okay. it's been a while since I read it. Black as Night, the graphic novel. I've heard you talk about that before, but I'm not sure what it is. It was, how does it, what is it? The bunch of people start coming back from the dead. Yes, with uh, the black black hand. Is it black hand? Is that the, yeah, that's the name of the, the guy that does the death rings, the black rings. I believe so, yeah. It's been a while since I read that one. I remember it was a lot of people were coming back from the dead on this one. Yeah, a lot of people. And they were um, basically they were on the dark version, like they're being controlled by this black hand. Um, it, it has to do with the green, it's like the lantern core. Like a black, like a literal black hand, or is this someone who calls himself the no, black hand? No, he's called the black hand. That's okay. his name. He's the leader of the black rings core. Okay, pretty gotcha. much. And this one, it's kind of interesting because a lot of favorite heroes are they're taken away and then. Yeah, one they died. Back. They had a dead Wonder Woman. Batman. What? Yeah. Yeah. It all started out at Bruce Wayne's, because Batman had died, and it started out there at his at the cemetery at his grave, and all of a sudden he come crashing out. Is this pre fifty two or whatever? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it would make a lot more sense in the fifty two <laughs> universe, wouldn't it? <laughs> but then they start recruiting all the other colors of the the spectrum. And they end up getting a big army together to fight the Black Rings. It was an awesome book. Hmm. It was a very, very good read. I yeah, mean, I want to read this. I had to hunt it down just to get it for him for Christmas. Yeah. Last year? Was that was that last year? Yes. Yep. Okay, I remember that vaguely. I remember you getting it. I didn't ever look at it, though. And then, like, a lot of the heroes, just because of the... Uh, what do you say? The, their feelings inside, like what drove them, they all got their own ring. Didn't, did Batman... I don't think he did get it, but I wish he had gotten fear. He uh, Somehow he ended up getting the fear ring. Did somehow. he? Yeah, That's I think it was perfect. maybe at the end, yeah. That's perfect for him. Like the Flash was hope, so he turned to a blue lantern. I can't remember what Wonder Woman... Kind of sounds like a uh, DC version of like Captain Planet and everyone in there. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Lex Luthor, even villains got their own rings. Like Lex Luthor got orange, which is like greed. Oh yeah, that, that was, was so funny. Awesome when he got that ring. <laughs> but it was it was a sweet ass book. And then it branched off all over the place with the was it the brightest day at the end? Yeah. That came in after it. There's so many different branch offs that it's almost impossible to keep up unless you did then. All right, cool. What was that called again? Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Find it in your local comic store. Good luck. <laughs> You're always challenging people. <laughs> You'll never find what I'm reading. You're just I pushing, dare you to. Pushing sales at the comic store. <laughs> You're not going to find it. They have 20 issues there. <laughs> All right. Well, what I brought this week was uh, a book called Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron. Oh, you and did finally get that. <laughs> Jason Latour. I did get it. Uh, Alex at the comic book store, every time I go in, he's like, have you read Southern Bastards yet? Have you read Southern Bastards yet? And I... Uh, I finally sat down and read it, and it was a damn good read. It's uh, it's an image comic. And typically, you know, when we're doing these comic reviews, I'll check out the wall there, and I'll find, like, a first issue of something and read it. And though it's good, I don't feel like I have to latch on to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I can just let it go at that. This one, I'm going to keep reading, for sure. It was really good. Uh, pretty much, uh, old man goes back to his hometown to clear out his father's old house, who's been dead for, like... 30, 40 years or something. While he's there, stumbles onto a bunch of shenanigans happening with a bunch of hillbillies in his local town there. I won't get into because I don't want to spoil any of it. Shenanigans uh, with hillbillies. (laughs) What more do you need to hear? (laughs) But uh, I strongly recommend checking out Southern Bastards. I think they're on like issue three or four now, but um, 
I don't know, Image Comics don't seem to come out nearly as fast as, like, Marvel or DC Comics do. No, they take a little bit longer. Yeah. Which is good for me. <laughs> yeah. In my pocket. Right. All right. So I have, I'll just go through the four comics that I've read in the past week. Okay. Num- number one, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, number one from Archie Comics. Oh, which, man. Yeah, it's kind of a spinoff of the uh, Afterlife with Archie zombie books. Yes. Speaking Written by of, the uh, same guy, drawn by a different guy, but pretty good artwork. But it just, for me, it didn't quite have the magic that Afterlife with Archie has. That's what I've been hearing. And speaking of slow crawling uh, comics, aren't they is issue issue one still the only one that's out yet? Uh, yeah, I don't think the second issue. I think the second issue comes out in like two weeks or something. Oh wow, I got it for Brooke, but I still haven't read it. Sorry, Afterlife. Uh, well, Afterlife and the Sabrina one he's, that he's yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah, but. Sabrina's the Sabrina number one. And they just redid the uh, the Afterlife in magazine format, and they're pushing that to grocery stores or something. No I kidding. <laughs> I haven't seen it in person, but I read that they were doing that. Oh, wow, and man. Keep an eye out. Yeah, and I would definitely pick that up. Archie's also redoing their superhero line under the under the title Black Circle, which makes it sound like they're gonna be some kind of dark edge to it. Right. I mean, who would think that Archie would become the most innovative <laughs> comic company? But surely not I. I thought they were yeah. on, on their last leg, and yeah. you know, I mean, only hardcore fans are still reading Archie. But this definitely breathes new life into the franchise. I yeah, can't think sure. of what's uh, out there right now other than Archie on the Archie label. Mm-mm. I know that yeah. they uh, did the, the the first comics I ever read were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures, and those were put out by Archie. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, like I say, they're, they're in the midst of relaunching all this stuff. I think right now all that's coming out is, you know, the classic Archie Jughead, blah, blah, blah. Sure. For a while, they had their they'd sold the rights to their superhero line to DC, and uh, then they they just got those back a year or two ago. So we'll that'll see. be interesting to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. The darker um, side of Archie Comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be. I mean, like I don't think they've announced who the writers are going to be or anything, but you know, just see how it goes. So I also got a uh, Grendel versus the Shadow number two. I don't know if you guys are fans of Grendel or not. No, I've uh, never read. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. What's what's the matter with you folks? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I grew up on that comic in the 80s, and, you know, it's like I shouldn't have been reading it as a kid or whatever, but it was great. And <laughs> Those are the best ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he's had his crossovers with Batman over the years and, and various other characters, and to me, it's crossovers are what they are. You know, you're like, if I, if I got a whole sto- the whole story for $6, it would be okay, but it's a three-part series and each issue is six dollars damn seems a little steep uh i would say so yeah Yeah. but okay so in my more exciting end from a dollar bin i got a classic steve ditko comic a couple issues of machine man with from 1979 holy cow man 
Those are really fun. Fine. Much more interesting is one of Steve Ditko's self-published comics from 2009 called Ditko Once More. And really? it's kind of like 90s Dada art zine or something. It's just bizarre, you know? It's like he has villains that are made up of words, you know, like to draw the villain, he just has has letters to draw them and stuff. And that is weird. It is, it is really super a super weird book and it's like the fact that it's done by somebody that's as respected and of a creator <laughs> and that has like this amount of knowledge of visual storytelling right you know just just makes it really work and not just be like an experimental comic or whatever it, it actually like you know it's He's doing what what you see all these small press people, you know, try to do in the artist alley when you look at their book and you're like, this just doesn't make sense. It's like the same <laughs> book, only it kind of does make sense. I can't believe you found that in a dollar bin. This is serious. Yeah, sometimes, you know, well, you know, at a lot of the comic shops, you know, what's in their dollar bin is they bought a whole collection because they wanted these five books, you know, but they bought yeah. a whole long box. And so they just throw everything else in the dollar bin. So that's how you went. I wish our comic book store had a dollar bin. I don't think they have anything like that, do they? Just the back issues that are down in the basement, but you got to really sit there and pick through. Well, those things certainly don't cost a dollar, that's no. for sure. No, not anymore they don't. They took that down. They're more expensive than the ones on the wall sometimes. Yeah. I mean, if you go to cons, a lot of times there's good bin diving, too. That's true. That's how, uh, remember, you pointed out the radioactive man number one to me. That's, oh, yeah. That was only a buck, right? Yeah, I was kind of sad. I should have grabbed one, too. <laughs> I don't know if you were here on the episode that I vowed that next con we go to, I'm going to find you the very same book. Oh, and I was jealous when I saw it. I was like, damn. No, no. <laughs> there were multiples, though. No, there was only that one. No, now bullshit. This story keeps changing every time we talk about it. You said some one of you two said there was like two or three of them in there. I it wasn't me. I didn't know nothing about it. It was you. I did say that just so you'd buy it. <laughs> oh, ah, oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I just told him that so he'd buy it. Making me feel like a fucking heel, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, still, I'm going to find you that comic next time we uh, go to a con. Oh yeah. All right. So, is there anything else on that, Brian? I mean, I have stuff that I'm that I've been reading, and that I I've been reading the uh, Silver Age Doom Patrol stuff. That's really good. What's that about? Uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, uh, it, it was DC doing the Fantastic Four, which Marvel went on to do as the X Men. If that makes any. Okay, so it's <laughs> it's it starts with there's Challengers of the Unknown at DC. And Marvel does their take on Challengers, and that's called Fantastic Four. And then DC does their take of Fantastic Four, and that's called Doom Patrol. And then Marvel does their take of Doom Patrol, and that's called the X-Men. That wow. Doom Patrol is, yeah, Doom Patrol is, there's this guy that he's like the smartest guy in the world, but he's in a wheelchair. And he has three superheroes that he's found that they are enable, unable to exist in regular society because of because of their powers one of them he's a man trapped in a robot body uh one of the guys his body's radioactive and so he has to be covered by bandages at all time and then there's a girl that can uh can grow and shrink and then as the series goes on it changes characters one of the claims to fame of the series that was the original series ends with they all uh sacrifice themselves to uh 
to defeat their worst villain or whatever. Really? And that's the, the end of the series, and that's like, you know, in like 72 or something. Wow. That's a crazy way to go. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, they, it's been... It was revived in the early 80s, and then uh, part of that run got taken over by Grant Morrison um, as a Vertigo book. So that was wow. kind of... But that's kind of how everybody that's into it ever got into it, um, you know, in our age range, you know, it's because sure. the Grant Morrison thing. That's very interesting. interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it because, like, uh, Beast Boy was, was, that's where he comes from. Seriously? Okay. Yeah, Beast Boy was part of Doom Patrol, and there's an episode, a couple episodes of one of the Teen Titans cartoons that's a crossover and has, uh, has Doom Patrol comes back and he has to help them on a mission. Holy crap. Yeah, I've never heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> this is very interesting. Kind of embarrassed sitting here uh, recording <laughs> a comic podcast <laughs> not knowing any of this. It's it's okay. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> He's like, I'll just let it slide. No I'll let reason. it slide this time, yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, I picked up, I found a lot on eBay of um, some old Atlas, uh, Atlas and uh, Red Circle comics that they're like they're horror comics I haven't read through them yet but there's like one called Planet of the Vampires uh, one called Red Circle Sorcery one called Son of Dracula wow. um, you know they're all all Silver Age books that you know it's like they're all issue issue ones and it was like four dollars for all five of them you know oh yeah I, I want to go to your comic book store <laughs> that place sounds pretty That's, cool that's just eBay. You just need a need to know to look for something that nobody else wants. You know, I've seen stuff like that on eBay that was real cheap, and I was just like, I don't know, but I guess there could be some gems sometimes in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the um, the reason I got it was for the Red Circle of Sorcery one because that's a um, I can't remember who it is that's in it. I think uh, Bernie Wrightson. I think drew one of the short stories in it. I feel it has to it has to have some level of credibility. I've got to get up to this uh, knowledge level here before I can feel uh, like I'm able to sit behind this mic anymore. Uh. <laughs> wow, a lot of good finds, man. Awesome. Um, one more thing before we end this segment. We're going to cut over really quick to a it's a, about two-minute-long trailer hmm. that we have uh, for a comic called Bullet Gal by Underbelly Comics uh, from artist Andres Bergen. It's a Kickstarter currently running right now, and it's... How would you explain this? It's like a comic done with, like, real pictures. It, and filters on top of it. Like, made into a very, uh... uh I don't want to say Sin City. I mean, it kind of makes me feel like yeah. Sin City, but at the same time, it's not Sin City, you know? Yeah. A, a very heavy noir feel to it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, just stay tuned and, uh, yeah, check it out. Picture Heropa. A vast, homogenized city, patrolled by heroes and populated by adoring masses, as well as a dark, criminal undercurrent. A pulp fiction fortress of solitude for crime-fighting team, the Crime Crusaders crew. Led by Major Patriot, a lifetime away from the rain-drenched dystopia of Melbourne. Into this old-school metropolis enters 17-year-old Mitzi, bundled up in the passenger seat of a World War II-era canvas-backed lorry. In her duffel bag, she has a couple of paperbacks, a brown beret, a few bunched up pairs of black tights, undies, socks, two bras, and a cardigan with a hole in the elbow. Also twin polished nickel 9mm star model B pistols with a mother of pearl hand grip. Hoping she looked like 5 foot 10 of man-eating, gut-wrenching terror, 
Mitzi has it in her to fight for truth, justice and her fair share of strong espressos. But this simple mission is compromised by love, deception and vendettas aplenty. Bullet Girl is a loving homage to hard-boiled noir, detective stories and pulp fiction produced in the first half of the 20th century. With both words and images by Andreas Bergen, Bullet Gal is a newfangled exercise in digital manipulation and experimentation that still remembers the tale being told, at the same time of catching the attention of media people and fans who have been privy to this developing exercise in new comic book storytelling. In its short life to this point, beginning as a limited edition monthly comic in Australia only in August 2014, Bullet Gal has since received international critical acclaim. Bergen has already finished the series, a 12-issue arc set to conclude in June 2015, but Underbelly has been able to get all those 12 issues, some of them as yet unpublished, and compile the lot together for an exclusive 280-page collection. Underbelly is proud to be able to work with Andres Bergen and IF Comics in Australia to present this groundbreaking series to the international audience it deserves. Bullet Gal. Pre-order your copy now on Kickstarter. You can find this title as well as many others at underbellycomics.com. All right, and that was the trailer for Bullet Gal. Again, you can check that out on Kickstarter. I would think that had uh, maybe like 10 more days to go or something. I'm not even sure. Something like that. So I'm, we're trying to get those guys on the show, uh, trying to work something out. They're just they're on the clear opposite side of the world, and it's hard to work something out. But we'll get there. And with that, let's move right into... Real World Heroes. Jack, who have we this week? We have an unknown father, unnamed father, from an Salt Lake City. Father. Yep, this happened November 8th this year. Oh, uh, just there, recently. Yeah. There was an intruder that broke into a, a family's house by slipping in through an unlocked door. And from the story, it sounds like it must have been a one or not, uh, yeah, a single level house with a basement. The intruder went down in the basement, was rooting around, ended up coming across the, the daughter's bedroom, and she was five years old but yeah five-year-old daughter was i guess her bedroom was down in the basement and the guy ended up seeing her apparently decided yeah i want to take this Uh oh parents got woken up while he was coming back upstairs with the daughter and the father ended up getting to the front door and seeing the guy walking across the yard with the with the daughter and he ended up confronting the guy and ended up the guy dropped a kid took off uh, they called the cops. Cops made a perimeter around the area, ended up getting police dogs, and found the guy had crawled through a doggy door in someone else's house. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it was like a couple houses over, and the people were like, he's over here, come get him. But yeah, uh, he saved his daughter <laughs> that night. Wow. That'd be, I can't imagine waking up and seeing anyone in your house to begin with, but to see them on the go with your child. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that, that'd be horrible. And you don't have a name for this guy? No, his name wasn't in there at all. Most of the statements were from a Salt Lake City police officer that was there. Well, anonymous father, for that, you have found a spot on a wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So thank you, anonymous father, for your good deeds. Moving along. I don't know what I'm going to put on the website for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Just a guy with a bag on his head and a question mark. Put the Candair Man on there again. Oh, there you go. Anonymous (laughs) Candair Man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just move into our stories here quick. 
Uh, something on an arrow and canary? I actually haven't been catching up with the show at all, to be honest. So I don't know too much about it. All I know is that they had a big news <laughs> about the canary, the black canary. Again, I have no clue. I never read up on Arrow just because I just laughed every time that they had the whole drug addiction thing. Drug addiction? They had the, uh, the, the drug awareness. A little like Speedy's doing drugs in the back room or something like that. <laughs> and I always picture that with Arrow and I just start laughing. Like, I'm not going to watch Robin Hood try to catch this little boy in red. <laughs> That's right. Speedy's on drugs. That's right. Wait, they brought that into the TV show? No, no. Kind of, I, I just constantly remember the... Did they bring it in the show? What do you mean, kind of? Because in the show, his, his, his Oliver Queen's sister, is he's her nickname is Speedy. And she was on a lot of drugs in the show, like oh. in the first season. But that was really about it. Oh my god! <laughs> I just remember like speed is a dope head. And yeah. I start laughing every time, and that's all I can think of that. Now that story. you said that, it, it reminded me that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's all cleaned up now. It's a good show though. The first season was tough to watch. The second season was really good. The third season's pretty good. <laughs> I'm gonna eventually get on the bandwagon. I know every time Arrow comes up, I say that on the show. But <laughs> I've got so much shit to watch now. I'll yeah, eventually the, watch it. The idea of it's a really good show, the first season's hard to sit through. That's that's the part that makes it hard to get on oh, yeah, board. Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have started watching it if it was my wife watching that season. Well, she was watching it, and she's like, hey, watch this with me. And I was just like, ugh. And I watched maybe the first half, and I'm like, ah, I can't get into it. And then I started watching the second one, and then it was all about Deathstroke. Maybe that's what brought it because right. the guy was pretty badass in that show. But yeah, the second season was really good. Third one's pretty good, too. You always have to you know, give a new TV show a second season to really, I guess, stand on its own. All first seasons are very rough. I mean, look at S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Well, Arrow, the first season was he just came back from wherever he was. He's got a vengeance against all these bad guys in the city, so he's just some vigilante. The second season's when he starts taking more of a hero role and being more of a good guy. So maybe that's you know, the part of it. I don't know. It's not like Batman Begins. Yeah. He came back, and then uh, he wanted to get vengeance on these bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'll read Arrow. I'd rather read it and then try to get into Arrow that way. And then for the show, I'd uh, I'd probably binge watch it. Like, I want to binge watch, binge watch Breaking Bad. That's why I haven't watched it yet. Mm. I just want to find time where I'm just going to sit there and do it. That was the best way to do Breaking Bad for us, but man, we'd sit down with the intention of watching one or two episodes, and like six hours later, we're peeling ourselves off the furniture. Yeah, we got to do something else. <laughs> yeah, with Arrow, spoilers: of Black Canary died, and what's the date? The girl that the Black Canary sister is going to take the role of the Black Canary now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a three-part series. I mean, episodes ten, eleven, and twelve are what we're going to be seeing this in. Um, Again, I'm not too sure what the Black Canary is all about, and I would love to read <laughs> up on it, just because. But uh, the spoilers on how they, they kind of got away with trying to hide it at first is uh, episode 13 is actually called Canaries. So they just couldn't hide it anymore, and they're like, well, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> she was trained by Raja Ghoul. Yeah. Serious. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, Lord. All righty. I'll have to give it a shot. Moving right along. Uh, the Spider-Man gloves. I guess they're not technically Spider-Man gloves, but there are there are these new <laughs> gloves that allow a person to climb vertically 
up a like a glass or a flat or a finished surface. That's funny. They talk about yeah, they're Spider-Man gloves. Well, they're taken from the technology of a gecko's feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> gecko. That gloves. that was that was the headline that drew me in. Like yeah. Spider-Man gloves. Like holy shit, it's about time, you know. And yeah, not Spider-Man gloves so much, but. Um, like I said, there has to be a smooth surface like glass or polished wood, polished stone, or some kind of a metal. But uh, they attach and detach from the surface with very little effort. And I guess what makes them uh, actually hang is your weight. The way they explained it, there, there's uh, all these little like uh, panels on the pad of this thing. It just looks like a great big pad that sticks to your hand. Remember uh, the Nerf thing, the Nerf toys you had when you were a kid? There was uh, like a big, uh, what the hell do they call that? Velcro? Velcro, thank you, yes. <laughs> Velcro pads you put on your hand and you threw the baseball back and forth and kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. Those kind of, like, round disc-like things that fit on your hands. And they had all these little panels that, when weight is hung on, will grab against a surface like that. It's it's weird. But uh, I guess it was discovered from the mechanism that makes a, like you said, gecko stick to a wall. So you get, like, a bunch of those... The sticky slappers. It's just a hand that's a piece of rubber. Oh, that, I've got one like sitting right here. Just get like a ton of handfuls of those and just like. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> Not quite the same thing, but. I could do it too. And I can bounce. Solomon Grundy can climb walls too. <laughs> like, can anyone buy these when they make them? I don't know. I, it looked like it was a still very prototypish kind of thing. Those what website was that on? We had to have both seen the same website, like Huffington Post or something. Something like that. Yeah, you can only be two hundred pounds. Yes, can't weigh more than two hundred pounds. So me and Jeff can't do it. And forget about <laughs> forget about climbing the walls in the rain too. That doesn't work. Yeah, and you have to like shift your weight just right to be able to to keep climbing. Right. Or else it will let go. You know there are crazy it's not foolproof, but. Well, Sounds you're not like going to see my happy ass trying it, I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. There's, I've seen uh, videos of people, though, guys who, like, travel the world looking for skyscrapers, and they will just climb them just with nothing. No ropes, no mm-hmm. anything. Just start climbing and go all the way to the top. That's insane. Sounds like a lot of bad things can happen with this. Uh, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> your death is the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> One really bad thing could probably happen. <laughs> like the wind today. Oh, yeah. Or what if, you know, the stalkers with the stars and everything? You see in the news line, like, 20 guys found on Scarlett Johansson's window, and they had to scrape them off. <laughs> Just stuck. <laughs> Looked like Garfield. I <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on the rear view mirror, yeah. uh, rear view window of a car. Oh, man. What about you, Brian? Would you uh, ever try these gloves out if you had them on your hands? Well, I'm, I'm light enough that I could pull it off, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> but would you? I'd have to be paid to do it, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's probably the boat I'm in. Unless there's like a great big map below me. I'm, I'm just petrified of heights. I mean, shit, I got up on the, a step ladder the other day to change a light bulb, and I it's all I had to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna fucking fall. So you wouldn't see me. You'd have to have some kind of big building to be able to climb on it, because it's not like you could go outside and start climbing around on your windows on the side of the building. <laughs> Be like, yeah, I'm like a two foot, oh, I can't really go up any farther. Yeah, 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 I get up to the top of the sliding glass door and that's the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> Look like a cat stuck on the sliding glass door screen. Weird neighbors trying to climb his glass door again. <laughs> so, if they made them the size that you could put them on your cat's feet and you could just see what your cat does with them, that, that I might invest in. They just go up the sliding glass door and they just be like hanging out on the top of the sliding <laughs> glass door. It would be just like the Garfield just things. Just like the There you go. 
Wow. I actually would love to see that. That's actually kind of funny. I watch. would be more interested in the sticky gloves for cats than humans. Yeah. <laughs> Kitten All mittens. right. <laughs> Kitten mittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice sunny in Philadelphia plug right there. <laughs> Anything else on that, guys? Nah. Moving along. Uh, we mentioned earlier Howard the Duck is getting his own comic series, an ongoing series starting in spring, coming from Marvel. Didn't we call that? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, mean, was, I think Helen Keller uh, yeah. could have called that. <laughs> <laughs> After the. Uh, what was it? What movie was that? Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. Yes, the extra scene at the end. Did you happen to see that, Brian? No, I, I, uh, I'm somehow still not seen that movie. Oh my I god! Just, not, shit. Yeah, I know. It's on digital that, right now. You can buy it for digital on digital. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to be free on Netflix. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long do I have to wait? <laughs> You've got another good year, I'd at say. Least, yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right. If people are still talking about it next year, I'll watch it for sure. <laughs> Oh shit, speaking of Netflix and things we called, guess what just popped up on Netflix? Season one of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is it already? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's been on the shelves on DVD for what, uh, three months now? Yeah, September, huh? Yeah, something like that. So, anyway, I didn't mean to divert from that. But yeah, it's going to be written, the Howard the Duck series is going to be written by Chip uh, Zdarsky and Joe Quinones. So, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. I've never been a big Howard the Duck fan, but uh, I'm interested to see a new take on it. I was going to say it's not going to be quite as goofy as it used to be. Yeah, I like the drawing better already. Yeah. I was never a fan of the art. I mean, it just kind of looked like a bastardized version of Donald Duck. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just threw a cigar in Donald's mouth, and there you go. Yeah. This guy uh, had his own character, so... I'm anxious to see. I'll get at least the issue one. Yeah. All right. What else we got here? Oh, yes. Uh, New York City. This, it, they may be requiring the Times Square uh, costume characters. Oh, you're telling me uh, about this. To be licensed professionals. Or licensed entertainers, excuse me. Because right now, just people go down there. And it's not only in Times Square. They do it in uh, L.A. at, uh, oh, what's the big Chinese theater? Help me. The big Chinese theater. Uh, it has a name. Oh well. Anyway. Day one. It, it anywhere <laughs> any, <laughs> anywhere there are tourists, you can find these people, and you. you Winnie know. the Pooh will come over and start harassing you <laughs> and want you to. Well, these people make livings doing this. Yeah. You know, they get pictures with tourists and then charge them. But you know, the people that try to snap a quick picture of them and get away, you know, get harassed by these people. You know, you owe me. You owe me money. You just took my picture, and they charge like. for a photograph on your own camera just to have a picture with these people. It's ridiculous. But, um, you know, people are getting hassled all over the place. So in New York, they're saying that uh, they want to pass a bill that would require these people to be licensed. So what that would entail is they'd have to pay a $175 fee, undergo a criminal background check, which there goes half of your your performers right there. In a designated area where they can operate. You know, they just can't wander around aimlessly. You have to stay in your spot. Wouldn't that kind of ruin the whole experience of going to, like, New York, though? Uh, not, uh, I wouldn't. Not for me. There's so many fucking people already around you when you're in Times Square. You don't want some asshole heckling you for money for a photograph, you know? Wearing a Tigger suit. Get the hell away from me. (laughs) I, yeah. I, I, I would be mad. Because I remember when Brooke went to, I don't remember when she went to Spain or something, there were a bunch of those caricatures uh, 
in, a, in like one of the main squares there. And she's got that camera with the long telephoto lens and she took a picture from a long distance away and a guy dressed up as Chucky saw her and started hoofing it after her like he was getting his fucking money. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Chucky chasing you. That scared the hell out of me. Hell yeah, yeah, it would. So it's, it's ridiculous, the harassment you get, but I guess there have been the 38 arrests in Times Square alone since 2009, and 18 of them have been in 2014. Because of that? Because of uh, these people harassing uh, people who live in the city and tourists. It's bullshit. Yeah, you know? it is. We need our rights. We need our freedoms. <clears throat> Did All you right. guys see in that... It was, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but... Uh, Grant Morris and a lot of his Superman stuff came from interviewing the uh, Hollywood Superman guy. I did watch that. I can't remember the documentary, but like that iconic thing of Superman sitting on a on a curb, that's where that comes from is uh, Grant Morrison talking to that dude. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I think that's on uh, that documentary is on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. Something about being a superhero or I'll have to ask Brooke. Uh, but it was really good. I mean, it followed mainly this guy who makes his living dressing up as Superman and going out in front of that, the Chinese theater, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but I remember uh, I remember very little about it, but there being a scene with him and his trailer that he lived in, it was just Superman, absolutely everything. I mean, ceiling, floors, walls were Superman. A bit obsessive, but here I sit and... Yeah. All my toys and comics around me. Oh, turtles and <laughs> Simpsons all over the place. You leave my turtles and Simpsons the hell out of it. <laughs> all right. Uh, one more thing. You had something, Jeffrey, on uh, George Lucas is making a new movie. Is that right? Oh, I, th- I think it's already made. Oh, it's already mistaken. made. Yeah, I mean, they have a trailer out for it. I was just shocked to see his name put onto it because, like, all the stories that he has had out, I've never seen this coming. Uh, Strange Magic. Was the name of this movie? I have no clue what the heck that's about. But watching it, it was like a goofball Shrek movie almost. Really? So yeah, it's like a like cartoon, or yeah, it's a CG cartoon movie. CG cartoon, CG movie. <laughs> that's all I saw because I saw something about it, but it didn't catch me enough to want to talk about it so much. There's George Lucas and a CG character sit next to him, and they're like, "His next movie." And I was like, "What the hell?" Wow. <laughs> so when Lucas sold Lucas Arts, did he give up not only like Star Wars, but I mean, he obviously gave up Indiana Jones. Did he give up like uh, like American Graffiti and stuff like that? I mean, or did I don't know? That might have been too old because that is an old old man. That's his first well, yeah, one. but I mean, that's part of his uh, Lucas Lucas Arts uh, catalog, isn't it? Or is it not? I don't know. Was it Lucas Arts or ILM? That's his company. I think he got rid of Lucas Arts. I guess what was all that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it Did, doesn't. So, matter. does Disney own Indiana Jones also? That's what I was trying to figure that's out. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the Lucas Arts acquisition. I imagine I thought, that one. Yeah, I thought I could be horribly wrong. Again, we're just a bunch of scrotes sitting here talking into microphones. We're not. <laughs> yeah. We're not uh, actual aficionados. I don't. I don't know if you saw it last week. There was a a news story about um, the possibility of Disney buying Nintendo. What? Whoa. And the reason they would do it is not to uh, not to acquire a gaming platform, 
but to acquire the the rights to make uh, Mario t-shirts, basically. But the reason they're saying it won't actually happen was even though Disney would have the money to do it, Nintendo, you know, Nintendo's been bleeding money for the past several years. The amount of money, though, that Nintendo has in the bank, they could afford to lose half a billion dollars a year for the next 20 years before <laughs> needing to think about bankruptcy. So it's like, but it, it's an interesting concept that Disney is trying to change itself into the this main holder of uh, of creations in that way. You know, right. they have they have the whole Star Wars library, the whole classic Disney library, and then you know the whole Marvel library. That's getting so, too much. Yeah, they they have a they have a lot of creative properties. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Everything um, will be owned by Disney before long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Could you imagine the Smash Brothers that would come out of that? <laughs> yeah, Wolverine I don't know. and Mickey Mouse fighting it out. There and... <laughs> goes Mario and Sonic. I love Smash yeah, Brothers. King killed the whole Kingdom Hearts cast. Yeah, well, no, because it's still Square Enix or yeah, Square Enix. Yeah, because they would still have to buy partial of those rights, but that would be fun. It's hard to say what they do. I want to think about it. That's a dark day. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, the Jurassic World teaser is out now. I mean, the time that you guys would hear this, the actual trailer would be out because Thursday is the day that they're gonna. Host. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes, at uh, what nine nine p.m. in the evening or something. I think I saw. That's what I, I think, think I, I read. Too, yeah. During That's the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, right. the, there's just a quick teaser out, and you just kind of get shots of. Uh, Kind of the same shots you saw from the original Jurassic Park. You like you see them going through the new gates. That's what I thought it was, just clips of the old one until I saw the bubble. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's new. And well, yeah. The, like the field with, I, um, I don't remember the name of the dinosaurs that run in herds through the plains there, but uh, you see a couple people sitting in like a protective bubble car who are out there like driving alongside the Gallimimus. That's what they were, the Gallimimus herds as they were going through the plains. And then you you catch a glimpse of uh, Chris Pratt in his Jurassic Park gear. Yep. So I'm amped up. It's got to be better than the third one. That was better. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park fan, Brian? Um, I mean, I saw it in the theater when I was in high school or whatever, but uh, I never, I don't think I saw it, the other two. So, yeah. I mean, right it was, with you. yeah, it was, it was, it was, exciting and fun at the time but it's i think i'd i think right now i'd rather watch uh you know the original godzilla you know with the narrator or whatever <laughs> i can't agree with you there i'm excited as hell i i'm hoping this breathes new life back into the franchise because the second and third one were just pumped out you know to get blockbuster money and I think this one looks like it has some care put back into it. You know, they really took their time because that original script they were talking about with the human dinosaur yeah, yeah. hybrids. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They were headed down a dark Doctor Moreau with dinosaurs, oh. more or less. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, look for that. All right, with that, let's just cut right over to Brian John Mitchell of Silver Comics, where we're going to be talking with him about his comics, The Sizes of Matchbooks. Thanks again for being with us, Brian. My pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me. So tell us, why comics the size of matchbooks? <laughs> where did this concept first come from? What, what possessed you to do this? All right, so this is the original story of this. So I was doing zines in the 90s, and as the internet 
exploded, you know, a lot of zines stopped, basically. The San Jose Museum of Art was doing a zine installation, and they'd asked me to contribute uh, whatever my whatever I was currently working on as a zine, and I hadn't hadn't had anything that was printed. Everything I was doing was just on the internet for like the two years previous to that. So I was like, well, what would that what would there have to be in a zine for it to be still relevant with the internet? Because you know you're able to get your information fast through the internet. You're right. able to communicate with more people through the internet. So I realized it had to be it had to be important the the physicalness of the object. So I knew I ne- either had to go really massively oversized or really massively undersized. And massively undersized is portable. That's where I came up with the format. The first several that I did are at, were actually like from one piece of paper cut up and then uh, folded and stapled together. Oh wow. I've figured out how to multi up the layout to make it a little easier to assemble now. The matchbook size is 48 pages 40, um, to, to fold up to a matchbook from an eight and a half by 11. And it stays closed pretty well, being that small, that many pages? Well, I, uh, I actually bag them. Yeah, they come um, in like little tiny like Ziploc yeah. bags, right? Yeah, little tiny, tiny drug dealer bags. <laughs> <laughs> After you read your comic, you can reuse the baggie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep them in mint condition, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you guys are mint condition guys, but I'm. I all my comics are beat up. It depends what I'm buying. Yeah. Like if it's, I don't know, like a Marvel run or something, I'll bag and board it. Or if it, I don't know. I got them all nice. bagged and boarded. I've got a I've got a shoebox here that contains the comics I could give a shit about. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they don't get a board or a bag. Just kick him around. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut you up if I have to. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because I mean, like I do. It, it's such a weird thing because like I do bag and board them, and I do want them to continue to exist. But at the same time, like all my comics are for reading, you know, like right. But I think putting putting them in the bag, it's it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of also because like. I, did, I used to be a touring musician and I would take them with me and sell them at the shows and it'd be like uh, like I needed something where they weren't completely destroyed being thrown in a merch case with CDs every night so All that's right. kind of kind of how come they actually ended up starting to get bagged and then like people thought it was like clever that they were in a bag or something yeah. you know it was it was really just practical but uh, that's part of it but yeah, like actually, like I've had a couple issues that were that there was one that was like seventy pages, seventy-two pages, and that one really, um, it doesn't stay shut if it's not in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. You you could uh, get chipboard and cut up little backs to even put in the bag yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, make little tiny uh, like long comic boxes to put all the tiny comics in. You know, you know uh, my. Jason Young, that he does the Veggie Dog Saturn comic. He actually, um, he had, he made a uh, a long box for my comics. That that's where he keeps he keeps his copies in. Really, that's hilarious. Like he, sh- he showed it to me at one of the cons I did with him. I was just like, he's that's like, awesome. I can ma- I can make you one too if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> make All right, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Now you've been writing these things for some time. You've got quite a catalog under your belt, right? Yeah, I got a hundred books out right now, and I've been doing it for right around ten years. Wow, man! So, how many uh, working stories do you have? I mean, how many how many oh titles do you have going? Oh my god! Well, the way it works is funny because you know, like obviously these comics you can't sell them for a lot of money, so you can't offer the artists a lot of money. So it's 
a back burner project for all the people that draw them with me. Right. So like, you know, like a series will go for like five or six issues when that person's, you know, out of work or whatever, and then they get a job and then like it a year will pass before the next issue comes out so oh, i see you know there's there's some series that are kind of in a limbo state there's probably seven or eight that are in a limbo state four or five that are that come out pretty regular and then i do a lot of like one shots or or something that it's planned out that it's like okay this will be a three issue thing and then it's done there's a lot of good but, stories on the website there i mean we got a chance to look through them thanks mm-hmm. again for sending us uh, all those comments oh, that was no very problem. Uh, gracious of you um a few to mention though uh, i read sea base 17 that one was really good uh, a little submarine trying to get to the underwater base and takes on a big squid i got i got i started working on the script to the next one two days ago i got the first two first two panels are the good news is sea base 17 wasn't destroyed Oh really? Pan- I looked panel pretty two up at the end. Panel two, it was only half destroyed. Oh, <laughs> hey hey. Yeah, I was like, okay. Gotta love the comics. Yeah, nice. I like the uh, walrus. Uh, yeah, I think walrus is gonna be my my claim to fame. You know, it'll be like Axe Cop or something. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty torn uh, up about that. Was it the second issue with uh, the apocalypse? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you laugh out loud when it when he kills the people? Yeah, kind of. I was kind of <laughs> <laughs> number two, and then my yeah. third, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I really loved when the the guys that were coming after him, the guy that had the uh, Creed t-shirt t- 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 on. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> the punker guy. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. cracking up. See, like like the thing I love about comics, the way I work on comics is I I work kind of it's kind of Marvel style, but not really. Um, like I don't just say like have the walrus get in a fight but you know like i um what i do is i have all of the all of the text written first and then i send it to the artist and they can take out any words they need they need to take out because of already it already being expressed in the panel or whatever Mm -hmm. um but like everything they draw is up to them so the best example is uh, this comic i was doing worms the you know i wrote it in its first person written story and the artist is a friend of mine, uh, Kimberly Traub, who she's female, and so she drew it with a girl as the main character, which would, you know, had never occurred to me, and so it put a, you know, a huge twist on the comic, and it made it the comic that it was, and that's what I love with comics is the ability to, you know, send my send my idea out there and it get reinvented in a way and reinvigorated. It would be neat to uh, have that come back to you because you said, you know what they draw is all them you know you're not, you're yeah. not sending them any concepts so it's got to be just as exciting for you to see it for the first time as yeah exactly else. it'll be like yeah. a whole new story then yeah 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 bring exactly. life to it that's really cool yeah that's why i try to not write the um you know like even when i have something that's going to be like like I'm, i like have in my mind okay this is going to be a five issue thing i try to wait to write the the sequel until i get the one before it because i feel like a lot of times I'll get an inspiration from something that's drawn in that in that issue. Yeah, you, sure. you know the one right up to it. So you know, keep it a little freer. I guess I, I guess I got in touch with you guys because I, I have been doing a Kickstarter. It's already it's already ended, but it was basically like the reason I do it. I do basically I do a Kickstarter once a year to try and drum up subscribers. Yeah, you did pretty well in your Kickstarter too, didn't you? It's one of those things where it's if your Kickstarter's successful. You know, in a way, you're like, all right. But then it's like, 
at the same time, like the problem I'm, I run into now with my Kickstarters is like the high tier rewards for people like to buy like all hundred issues or whatever. Those those people aren't really coming in anymore because the people a lot of the a lot of people already have all all hundred issues. You know, so it's fine. You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to have like a couple hundred people that are interested in my work. That's always awesome. But it's just like I've been, I, I keep bang, feel like I keep banging my head trying to break that barrier to like, how do I get it to be a thousand? Sure. You know, because that's in the end, that's what you really need is at least a thousand to be able to make anything really have a potential of working. You know, because right. My real goal is to be able to give the give the artist 200 bucks uh, per per issue because it's like you know it's about the equivalent of two regular sized comic pages so right you know that's that's basically scale and uh, you know it's like selling them for a dollar or whatever you know it's 50 cents to ship it it's 20 cents to print it so it's like now you're at 30 cents to split between you and the artist and it's just like <laughs> so how do I get to 200 dollars? <laughs> Let's go down to the penny arcade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, push you. Uh, you know, we'll push this information out there. Get you some more uh, backers on Kickstarter and uh, get some. Yeah, well, on. the Kickstarter is already complete, but but oh, I sell shit, the. Right. I, no, it's fine. I sell the subscriptions on my website too, and there's like plenty of samples on there. So if they just go to silvermedia.com, they'll they'll be able to find all the comic stuff there that that they want. And uh, awesome. You know, we'll like I give. I have a most of the series i have the first issues available as a pdf for free download so you know people can figure out what they want and trying to start to do more stuff with like people that are just want the sci-fi they can buy a a bulk of sci-fi stuff people that want the horror stuff can buy a bulk of horror stuff people that want the stick figure stuff can buy buy a bulk of stick figure stuff and just let it be a little more because right now i'm like it's funny because i do these subscriptions but it's like what's going to come out next month I'll, I don't know either. <laughs> you know, because your guess like, is as good as mine. Because it's according to who uh, who got the art, who got art into me that month. You know, because like I'll, you know, I have like seven stories out in the ether right now, and it's like whoever comes in first, that's what's coming out next month. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. Well, we'll uh, throw a link up on our website over to uh, your website, so we'll direct some traffic that way. And uh, we just want to thank you again for being with us today, Brian. No problem, sir. It was a blast, and uh, hopefully next week you'll talk to people about Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to find it first. I want to read it myself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm really into that early that early Silver Age stuff and the the Golden Age stuff. You know, it's... Sure. When people were doing a little... Being a little more experimental with their comics, they didn't know quite what worked. Right. Nothing was uh, set in stone yet. Everything was still up in the air for grabs. Yeah, I I get you. Really quick, you mentioned earlier uh, in the show that you're a touring musician. Is that right? Uh, life is, has taken its its toll on me from from doing that. You know, it's just like I'm 39. I, I just can't be in a car that long anymore. Sure. But, um, you know, like last, last fall, I helped some friends out. I went on a six-week tour with them, and I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. I am way too old 
too old to uh, be on the road and away from home for six weeks, you know? It's just... Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, hell, I'm 32, and that already sounds like hell to me. I don't... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hate I mean, nights it's... away from my bed. I can't take it. You know, I started touring when I was, like, 19 or whatever, so you'd think I'd still be used, you know, you get used to the idea that you're, like, where are you gonna where are you gonna poop today wherever you happen to see a clean restroom you know, <laughs> you know it's like you know like you go into a bar where the bathroom's actually clean you didn't even need know you need to take a crap until you saw how clean the bathroom was you know <laughs> no understandable too, I, I can too totally old. Get that. when i first started doing the comics i had no idea how much i should sell them for or whatever and so i was i was selling them two for a dollar and uh i had a show in cleveland where I sold 200 comics at a at a rock show, and I was just like, "Wow, that's weird." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like like the second show of the tour, and that was like all that I'd brought with me were gone. You know, wow. so it, You're and it's something there. Yeah, and it, but it's funny because like in a way, it's like they they sold better at the rock shows than they do at the comic conventions. You know, because I guess like you don't see comics at rock shows but you see comics at comic conventions and you have a lot more competition, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, the only reason I was asking was uh, I've been trying to think of a way to incorporate uh, people's music into the show, you know, trying to find some high-energy uh, music to feature. I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted oh. us to feature or not. Or yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I can send you... Uh, do you guys know about Kill Raven or anything? You know what I'm talking uh, about? No, that? I do not. Uh, it's a, it's a seventies sci-fi thing by Don McGregor, who did Black Panther, wrote most of the. Uh, oh, series. okay. I have a bunch of songs vaguely inspired by that guy, and I also have uh, I have this song that was that uh, has a Lego video that got some interest on YouTube or whatever. So I'll I'll, se- oh. I'll send you some links, and you can you can do what what you think is right. All right, sweet. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, th- I'll put one of them on the end of this episode, and uh, you know, maybe we can uh, feature some more of the songs uh, later in some later episodes for you. Sure thing. Awesome. That'd be great. Awesome. It'd be a good start. If you know of anyone else uh, looking for promotion, send them our way too. Yeah, sure thing. All right. Well, Jack, what do we have on the website there? Show recaps on our blog, photos, trailers, contact us page, the Candir Video Game Store, comic book store, and movie store. And you can find us on Twitter at CanDarePod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. Put a visual with the audio. And it's that time of year again. Get gifts for everyone. Click on the <laughs> Think Geek links. Think oh, yeah. Geek. It's hard to say. Think, Think Geek links on our webpage and buy some cool stuff. Save with the Amazon stuff. Yeah. Go through our website. It doesn't cost you a penny more to do it that way. You can still buy it through your normal Amazon account. It just helps support this show. So, uh, yeah, if you don't mind doing that, it would be greatly appreciated. All right, uh, I think that's all we have for this week. Guys, anything? That's all I got. Bananas. Bananas? What about you, Brian? Um, We good? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, I have have two Christmas EPs that are supposed to be coming out. Really? Um, We'll see if that comes to fruition, how it comes to fruition. Well, we have a uh, Christmas episode coming up here, and we're looking for Christmas-themed hey, stuff to feature, so... Hey, All right. I couldn't have come at a better time right there. Awesome. So, yeah, throw that our way. We'll see what we can do. Awesome. All right, well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Torty. I'm Jeff Holker. I'm Brian John Mitchell. And we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm. Ta-ta.
Hey guys, Gilbert Deltrez here, and welcome to my Under the Flesh Kickstarter for issue number two, Ravaged Road. Now look what I got here in my hands. First issue of Under the Flesh, Kickstarter edition with the wraparound cover. Thanks to you guys, appreciate that. Best way to describe Under the Flesh, think Captain America meets Why the Last Man meets The Walking Dead. Best way to sum it up. Now for this Kickstarter, we're looking to finance the art for issue number three, as well as bring issue number two to print, much like this. Now the first story arc to Under the Flesh wraps up in six issues, and we're dependent on Kickstarter to keep it going. Hopefully we can reach that uh, uh, goal, goal, goal mark, landstone. Um, now, JL and I are a two-man team, hell-bent on creating some kick-ass comics and we need your help to make it happen. Our creative voice can only be heard if you guys help us. Thanks again for stopping by at our Under the Flesh Kickstarter. Help us keep this grindhouse machine rolling, courtesy of Escape Comics. I want to thank you guys again for stopping by. Take care, guys. You're awesome. And that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.